Hi, my name is Barry Sterling Mitchell. I produce the Sterling Net Point Power Rankings and the Bias Plus Reports. And this is Ben and Barry on football. Hello out there. This is Ben Dickerson, your co-host. Very interesting show today, although it may be a little bit concise. I think it'll be interesting. Concise, eh? Is that the word? <laughs> I'm going to say concise because uh, as we've been doing over the past couple of weeks, we've been looking at the different position groups. And today's position group will be linebackers. Uh, unfortunately, uh, because of some commitments, I'm going to do half of the uh, groups this week and the second half or the top half of these groups for the league next week. That's fine. That's fine. And, you know, linebackers, and as we get into these line groups and some of these uh, units, you know, you got to take a, a, a slightly, you know, deeper look because, you know, you need – you have a team like, let's say, the Eagles, who are known at one point for being able to take their entire defensive line off the field and place replace them with a fresh line, you know. They right. were pretty deep like that. So it really does make a difference. Um, we're also going to take a quick look at our Facebook page, a couple of general topics that we can talk about. Um, but I know that we want to have this done within – the next hour or so, I want to uh, just make sure that we push this thing through. All right, Benny, so the top 32, or the bottom 30 of the 32, rather, is what we're going to start with today. Starting with number 32, it's always such bad news to tell a team you're last. But this team knew that they were struggling on defense. We've debated the whole scenario with Aaron Rodgers and what he needs on offense versus what he needs on defense. I was surprised. I don't know about you to see that the package came in 32nd for linebackers. Uh, I was not completely surprised. I didn't believe that they would come in 32nd, but I wasn't completely surprised because teams kind of had their way with them in the short passing game and tight ends had some pretty big games against them. So it kind of makes sense. They were okay against the run a little better during the back end of the season than they were in the beginning of the season. So they definitely had their issues. And, you know, anytime you get in a conversation with me about Aaron Rodgers, I'm going to tell you right off the bat, those guys were a couple of plays away from making it to the Super Bowl, and it was pretty much all Aaron Rodgers. But that's just my opinion. We argue about that stuff all the time. Um as Pro Football Focus says, and again, let me remind everybody, these rankings and the order that the teams are in, that's Pro Football fo Focus. It's not me. Some of them I agree with. Some of them I don't. Some people, I, uh, some groups I would uh, believe that they would be a little bit higher. Some I believe should be ranked a little bit lower. But Green Bay, I think, is kind of right around where they should be, at least in the bottom three. So uh, as Pro Football Focus says, Kamal Martin had a pretty good year last year. Last year was his rookie year. And uh, especially because uh, the season before when he was drafted, he was drafted in the fifth round. So they got a lot more out of him than they were expecting. The other named players on that team are Preston Smith and Zadarius Smith. But believe me, these guys have a lot of issues covering uh, linebackers. I'm sorry, covering tight ends and backs out of the backfield. They get gashed in short yardage situations and long, short, long yardage situations with short passes. And that is basically their downfall and why they are rated so low. 
Well, as you can see here, in addition to the PFF ratings, we're going to just share some quick information um, from their Madden ratings just to get an idea about where they stand relative to things like speed, acceleration, strength, things like that. Um, and their general rating as a player relative to their physical attributes. So as you can see, Zadarius Smith is obviously head and shoulders above the other two. I was surprised that Kamal Martin came in as low as he came in. But okay, that's your Green Bay Packer unit. Who's up next? Number 31, we have the Cincinnati Bengals. Okay. Uh, I believe their defense will be improved, but obviously uh, the linebacker core is not up to par and wasn't up to par last year. Um, they played poorly pretty much all last season versus the run and the pass. Uh, Logan Wilson, uh, Jermaine Pratt, Akeem Davis, Gaither, um, who was a fourth round pick uh, last year. Uh, so I don't know what they expected from him, but all of them are gonna have to step up if this defense is gonna get better as a whole. Yeah, when you look at uh, stepping up uh, with this particular group here, um, I take a look at them. And again, um, all of them right in that low 70 range in terms of their overall rating. Not bad speed, though. They all have some decent speed, some decent acceleration. Uh, they might have some other issues relative to awareness and things like that. But, uh, you know, that's a group, like you said, a stepping up. You can increase your Madden rating, you know. It's not, not like you, wherever your Madden rating is, it can't get better. So as they play better, they'll, they'll increase their Madden ratings also. All right, who you got next? Next up, number 30. This is going to surprise a lot of people. The Los Angeles Rams, okay? Now, if you remember, when we did the position group of the defensive linemen last week, the Rams were rated pretty high. Sometimes a defense can live off of a particular group and especially a linebacker core can kind of live off of a defensive line core. That's why a lot of times when uh, they split up the defenses, when people are talking about them, they talk about the secondary and then they talk about the front seven. So the front seven would include the D line and the linebackers together as a whole. Um, first of all, they lost a really good player in Corey, in, in Corey Littleton. Um, Leonard Floyd came over from the Bears, though, in 2020 last season and came up with 10 and a half sacks. So that's a bright spot for them. But other than that, um, it's a pretty below average group. Um, letting Corey Littleton go is probably going to hurt them. I believe he went to the Raiders. Um, I don't know. I don't know what else to say about that. If, if anything, they obviously have a really good D-line. They obviously have a really good secondary but the linebacker core is lacking and we're taking these ratings unit by unit. So that's where they land. You know, um, as a, uh, as a Niner fan, I'm glad to hear it. <laughs> as you can see, based on their Madden ratings, uh, 70, 68, 70, Leonard Floyd having the highest and his is only 78. So uh, yeah, those guys, we know where to attack when it's time to go after them, uh, especially when you can match up the speed of uh, the Niners running game. That That's all, that's going to be an advantage for us. All right, who you got next? Next up, number 29, another surprise for a lot of folks, the Philadelphia Eagles. Okay. 
Oh, by the way, I, I neglected to tell people what the base defense some of these teams run, although it doesn't really matter for some of these lower ranked teams. But as I begin to say some names and some different things, you may see, you may hear some names that were mentioned in the defensive line class. Um, that's because some teams run three, four. So the guy may be on the, on the roster as an outside linebacker, but in fact, he is an edge rusher. So that's why they, that's part of the reason why they call some guys edge rushers and they call some guys defensive ends. If you're in a four, three, you're going to be a defensive end. If you're in a three, four, you're going to be an outside linebacker slash edge rusher. So just to make that clarification. Now, Philadelphia Eagles run a base four, three, Alex Singleton, <clears throat> excuse me, and um, Sean Bradley are both pretty young players. If you're an Eagles fan, you probably like those guys. Um, TJ Edwards also uh, is a young guy. And uh, they brought in Eric Wilson from the Vikings to kind of bring in a little veteran presence there. Uh, but they didn't play well. Um, I'm sure the Eagles want them to play better and going to try to keep that group together. And with the addition of Wilson, they hope that they can kind of prop that linebacker group up to make it match or at least um, complement their defensive line, which is a strength of their team. Okay. Okay. Uh, so who's next after that? Next after that would be number 28. That'd be the Detroit Lions. Trey Flowers. That now the Detroit Lions run a base three four. Trey Flowers is an edge rusher slash outside linebacker, but he was injured in 2020, so they missed him severely. Jamie Collins came over from the Patriots, uh, so he's basically the leader of this group. Uh, he played really well last year last season for them, and he's obviously the strength of the group. He's a veteran presence. He comes over from the Patriots and the old Patriot way and all that stuff. So, yeah, they're going to lean on him heavily. But I don't think they have the complementary parts to, to push them up in these kind of rankings. All right, Detroit Lions. Next up, number 27. Number 27 is the Cleveland Browns. The Browns run a basic base 4-3. Uh, Anthony Walker... And I'm looking down, if you see me looking down, because I'm trying to make sure I pronounce some of these guys' names correctly. I believe this guy's name is Siani Takitaki. Takitaki, yes, that's what I said. Takitaki. Yes. <laughs> They're listed as the starters, and they have some veteran depth. Um, they did pick a linebacker in the second round. That would be Jeremiah Owusu Karamo. Okay? J-O-K. Some people call him the Joker. Some people just call him JOK. They're expecting a lot out of this guy. I believe he went to Notre Dame. This guy is a sideline to sideline tackling machine. If anybody can boost this unit, he's the guy that can do it, and they expect him to do it. He will be inserted into the starting lineup day one. Day one? Day one. You know, that's uh, that's what you want, right, from your um... – from your high draft picks. Absolutely. And and he was a blessing to them that they were able to get him in the second round. It's he was I would say he was probably would have normally been a first rounder if not for the strength of the wide receiver class in this draft that had people jumping all over the place 
trying to, you know, trade up and trade down and let's get this guy, let's get that guy. There were far more wide receivers taken in this in this first round this season than than in normal drafts. So that would allow a quality linebacker like him to fall. And they got him in the second round and they're looking for a lot out of him. All right. Who's up next? Up next, number 26, the Miami Dolphins. Again, Dolphins, you say? 26? Oh, my. But remember, when we talked about the Dolphins and their defensive line, I said their D-line did not create a lot of pressure by itself. The Dolphins are a blitzing team. They blitz a lot. and They play a lot of uh, man-to-man on the back end. So the linebacking core is not a core of guys that are well-rounded linebackers. But they got some pretty good pass rushers. Emmanuel Agba had nine sacks last season. Jerome Baker had seven. Okay? Those are nice numbers for a couple of linebackers. Okay? Could have been maybe better because they do blitz a lot. They had a lot of sack opportunities. But they're not the greatest guys against the run. And um, Benardrick McKinney will probably start. He was limited last season by injuries, but I think they're looking for him to do a lot more. And they have a they have a um, a first round draft pick also. I think did you mention him or did I did I miss that? Uh, um, no, I didn't. I didn't catch that. Let me see if I can find that. They picked a linebacker in the first round. <laughs> let me see. Uh, let me I let me just double that. check what I had. I missed there. Uh, oh no, they I, all right. Remember, you were talking about the base defenses. I'm thinking about they have Jalen Phillips listed as a linebacker, but also as a DN. Yes, yes, and it, you know it's funny. I was taking my note now. That's one of the guys I was talking about, and there's some other guys here that I did did mention. And some guys that I may not mention, yes, he is listed as an outside linebacker, but he's basically an edge rusher. He's listed as an outside linebacker because they play a base 3-4. But his job will basically be to rush the passer. So I didn't include him. I probably should have. He is part of their linebacker core. Yes, you are correct. And they're looking for him to do quite a bit for them. 6-5-266? Right. Well, and guess what? I was about to say he takes a lot of pressure off the linebacker core, but he is listed as a linebacker and the linebackers blitz a lot anyway. So, you know what I'm saying? They got the guy they needed. He fits their system. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Number 25. Ooh, New York Jets. New York Jets. Okay. So their base defense is a four, three. It's not a very strong group at all. Um, but it could be elevated by C.J. Mosley, who they signed over from the Ravens. Um, only thing is, he's been injured. He's had a lot of problems. He's had a lot of injury problems, and he did kind of sign for a lot of money. So I'm, they're looking for a lot out of him. But he's a guy that can produce when he's healthy. So they're going to keep their fingers crossed. He's, he's basically the only name worth mentioning out of that group, though. But he can elevate them if he plays up to his potential. Well, again, you know, this is a group where when you look at them from a physical attribute perspective, uh, 
You got two rated in the 70s, Blake Cashman and Jared Davis. C.J. Mosley rated at 85. So you need they they need a little more strength on their uh, you know on their other linebacker positions right left or however they want to play them. Um, so yeah, that that's uh, that's going to be an issue. You know, it, it's until you do a court a, a, a linebacker room, you it's really hard to know really how athletic, how talented you know those things are. So I'm really glad we're getting an opportunity to break this down in this way. So we kind of see. See it from the perspective of pro football focus, number one, because they look at them play per play per, and they rate every play. So their play is rated as opposed to their physical attributes. Maybe, you know, they're very fast. So on a scale of 100 in Madden, they might be a 90 or an 85. As a linebacker, if you're at 80 to 85, that's pretty good, you know, relative to who you have to cover, tight ends and things of that nature running backs coming out of the backfield. That's one of the things, again, I like about Mostert. You know, Mostert is fat, is the fastest guy on the Niners. I'm a Niner fan for those people who don't know. So in a lot of cases, when he's matched up against linebackers, it's a win. You know what I mean? So it's nice to see this, uh, not only for you fantasy guys who are looking to wonder why your, your defense is rated where it's rated when you got a few stars, but also for us Madden guys to know who to attack uh, in the game. So a little bit of both of those. All right. Who's up next? Okay. Up next again, this will be a surprise for some people, the highly rated Washington football team and their highly rated defense and their highly rated defensive line are only sitting at number 24 for their linebacking crew. Okay. They run a base four three. They did pick, uh, Yes. They did pick somebody in the first round, a uh, linebacker. Jamin Davis is his name. He's going to be expected to move right into the, the starting lineup. I'm sure of that. Um, yeah, as Pro Football Focus says there, their unit has been struggling for quite a bit, but their D-line has made up for a lot of their transgressions, and their secondary has gotten a little bit better too. So they've been kind of muddling along with a subpar linebacker group, but they expect to try to get that to be better. Uh, Cole Holcomb and John Bostick are the other starters. Um, they have some deficiencies, but again, I said they've been covered by the excellent defensive line. So again, there you go. When you say deficiencies, that's right in line with their Madden ratings. David Mayo is at 68, Bostick 72, and Holcomb 75. They're not slow. Holcomb's at an 87 on the speed rating uh, eight, and the 88 on the acceleration. Maybe they could be a little stronger um, and they're rating 70s uh, on strength. But uh, yeah, yeah, that's, that's kind of surprising considering how good their defensive line is. When we did defensive lines last week, I don't remember exactly where they came in. Do, do you have, they were up at the top though, weren't they? What, the D-line? Yeah. Oh yeah, I, I mean, I I have so much stuff up here from all this information <laughs> I've been digging up, I can't remember exactly, but I'm fairly sure they were top five, top seven at least. So that 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 kind of covers up for some of those uh, deficiencies. Absolutely. You know, that Absolutely. you may have at, at linebacker. Absolutely. You got uh, a D lineman that can drop back cover and do everything else and really help support and, you know, 
support that. All right, who's up next? Up next, number 23, Super Bowl runner-up, Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, that linebacker core is hurting a little bit, baby. Jeez. It's hurting a little bit, and it got exposed in the Super Bowl, too. And it got it actually got exposed door over the course of the season, but because of their high-powered offense, if you remember correctly, Kansas City was in a lot of high-scoring games. They just they just bludgeon you to death with touchdowns. That's how they win games. But their linebacking crew, nah, not that good. Uh, Willie Gay's a second-year player. He was pretty. He showed pretty good cover skills uh, last season as a rookie. Uh, so he's coming into his second year. Uh, rookie second-round pick Nick Bolton is another guy that a team like the Chiefs is very happy he dropped to the second round, uh, just like Joker did. Um, this kid is supposedly a really, really good tackler and a really destructive tackler. That's the rep he comes out of college with. So they could use a guy like that. And now they've got him, Nick Bolton. So listen out for that name. Uh, other than that, Anthony Hitchens, uh, will probably start. Taco Charlton is a guy that's been around for a little while. I believe he played for the Cowboys for a few years. Um, he's basically uh, a death guy. Well, there you go. You know, Anthony Hitchens coming in at a 74. Gay, Willie Gay, a 69. And Legereus Sneed, an 80. Uh, Legereus is pretty fast, though. I see a 94 rating in speed. Uh, so he's probably out there chasing uh, Mahomes in, in practice. <laughs> but, uh, you know. That's not going to help him much. No. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, you know, you, the, these mobile quarterbacks, you might as well get used to uh, chasing chasing these guys around a little bit. Make sure that's in your, in your uh, packages of uh, defensive, man, because I'm telling yeah. you, you they're coming be, at you. You can be as fast as you want as a linebacker. If you can't hit, you can't tackle, you can't stuff a crease, and you can't cover a tight end, it's not going to do you any good. Well, okay. Yeah, but it would help if you could keep up with them at the very least, maybe. <laughs> no, no. All right, who's next? <laughs> Number 22, Arizona Cardinals. Okay, so here's one of your division rivals. They run a base 3-4. Chandler Jones is a steady veteran presence on this team. Um, but the other two starters are very young. Isaiah Simmons was a stud in college. People were raving about Simmons. I was trying, hoping that maybe the Giants could get Simmons at the time. It, the guy's a, a real uh, physical specimen. However, he didn't play up to expectations. Great athlete, didn't play up to expectations. They have another great athlete um, that they got this year, and they used a first-round pick to get him. That's Zayvon Collins. Again, really great athlete. They're hoping that he will pan out to be the kind of athlete for them that he was in college. Hustling around the field, making tackles, stopping the run, being able to cover tight ends, all that stuff. That's, that's the kind of thing you need from your linebackers. If you have one linebacker that's a great run stopper, you have one linebacker that can cover, you're in pretty good shape. If, if you have one that can do both, you're still in pretty good shape, you know? But if the guys can't do anything 
or one thing really well, then you begin to have problems. And that's why some of these teams are rated as low as they are. Well, obviously Chandler Jones is the man over there based on his Madden rating at 94. Uh, Isaiah Simmons uh, is, and uh, Marcus Goldman both 79, but Isaiah is showing uh, 93 speed, 93 acceleration. So they've got some talent over there, um, you know, and uh, didn't they? And they just bulked up, didn't they, right? They just bulked up their line a little bit. <laughs> uh, yeah, I believe so. I believe so. Um, the thing is, now, now, when you're talking about the man, I believe so because you're, you're being funny because you know who I'm talking about, right? JJ? JJ. Watt. Oh, JJ Watt. Oh, let's not get on the JJ Watt thing again, okay? <laughs> yes, they did. Yes, they did beef up the interior of their line with, <laughs> with JJ Watt, who is more known as a. Uh, uh, as a as a defensive end. However, remember, he doesn't play for the Texans anymore. Who ran a 4-3 when he was there. He now plays for the Cardinals who run a 3-4. You're not going to put him at outside linebacker. You know what I mean? You you he, he, so you move him to the interior. Okay. okay. It makes sense. If you can have great pass rushers across the board, why not? This guy's a known elite pass rusher and you got him coming from the inside that makes them extremely dangerous extremely dangerous but i digress but so, we digress what i was going to say was uh, when you're talking about the madden ratings and this guy's rated this high in speed and this guy and this really does it doesn't always apply but it does apply to uh these guys on the cardinals these guys are physical specimens that just haven't produced. They have all the intangibles, but they just haven't produced. That's all. Next up. Next up, number 21, Los Angeles Chargers. The Chargers. Another team that seems to be improving slowly, but could have some, could, could do some work on their, on their uh, linebacker core. Now, Pro Football Focus uh, says Kenneth Murray acclimated himself pretty well in 2020, and he was a he was a rookie in 2020. And one of the things that I noticed when I was going over these rankings is Pro Football Focus having done grades on every single player for every year, pretty much believes that rookie linebackers don't necessarily do really well near first season but this guy murray was one of the guys that did pretty well in his first season obviously joey bosa is the main guy over there for the chargers um murray's a second year guy like he said he had a pretty good year last year so they're expecting him to continue to improve and they have another guy drew tranquil who played well against the run but will be expected to step up this season and play just as well against the pass if need be, and even better against the run. So again, young guys expected to step up. That's it. That'll get them better. All right. After that, we have at number 20, the Carolina Panthers. They run a base 4-3. Shaq Thompson made a name for himself playing alongside Luke Keekley. Shaq Thompson was 
a household name probably in Carolina for about five years. And then Luke Keekley retired. And all of a sudden, Thompson wasn't playing as well. Hmm, that's strange. However, because he played as well as he did, I have to assume that once he gets acclimated to Keekley not being there and him being the man, that he will step up. So I'm going to look for Shaq Thompson to kind of bounce back and have a better season this season. Denzel Perryman came over from the Chargers. That's a guy the Chargers lost. I knew they lost somebody. Denzel Perryman came over from the Chargers. He is a stud, especially against a run. Big time hitter. Big time hitter. Uh, they have another guy that they're looking for to, um, to step up. That would be, uh, and this guy was an undrafted free agent a couple of years ago. That's his name is Patty Fisher. So if Patty Fisher steps up. This could be a decent group, this uh, Panthers group. And, and Panthers are kind of known for having uh, good linebackers. Most of that is attributed to having Keekly for all that time. And uh, Thomas Davis, who's since retired. But um, I think he's retired. But yeah, uh, yeah so. they're, they're, they're going to try to get back on the uh, on the top linebacker core uh, conversation. So they seem to be on their way. Well, the one guy that you didn't mention, and I wanted to make sure that I included him in this because his name popped up a number of times last year, Jeremy Chen. Actually, one of the higher rated Panthers linebackers. Jeremy Chen. Why do I know that name? Did he play for the Eagles? I don't think he played for the Eagles, but okay, I remember. Well, I didn't. I'm making plays last year. I remember his name because he had such a recognizable name. So he had a recognizable name and he had a high Madden rating. And I was hearing him making plays. He was he had highlights last oh, year. Oh, oh, okay, okay, he had okay highlights okay. outside of Matt in the real world. <laughs> okay, thank you. I appreciate that. I appreciate that coming from you in the real world. Yeah. Okay. Well, guess what? I missed one, bro. That's what you're here for. Thank you. I appreciate that. I did hey, not see one hey, for me. <laughs> Pro Football Focus didn't mention him, and I did my quick scan. And uh, he didn't catch my eye, so I didn't say anything about him. But, yes, I've heard of Jeremy Chin. I know Jeremy Chin. Uh, he is a player. And, again, uh, if he was making plays and he continues to make plays, that's even better for the Carolina Panthers. So, again, I'm looking for this unit to be one that will elevate themselves in the upcoming season. All right. After the Panthers at number 19, this is a team that has, again, Super Bowl aspirations, but work to do, obviously, and I'm a little surprised at the work that they have to do at linebacker. I am talking about the Baltimore Ravens. Yes, the Baltimore Ravens running a base 3-4. Again, we have a linebacker core that's a little underachieving. Um, but is living off the secondary and their defensive line. Uh, Pernell McPhee is the steady veteran presence, and he's been steady and he's been solid. But Patrick Queen is the guy that they look to be the big-time playmaker. And although he made quite a few big splash plays last season, he also got torched quite a bit. So this is a guy that, again, has all the physical tools, all the intangibles, 
just has to get his game together and be a little bit more solid, not get burned in the passing game, and then make all them game-saving tackles that, that big-name linebackers are supposed to make. So they're expecting Patrick McQueen. Uh, I want to call him McQueen. His name is Patrick Queen, okay? I'm expecting him to step his game up and try to elevate this unit because they're definitely going to need it. Um, Malik Harrison is also going to be expected to show some significant improvement also. So they're looking for something from Malik Harrison also. Uh, this is not Steve McQueen, O'Head. I know. I, can't, I, I, I know. I'm sorry. I, you know what? Is, they got Pernell McFeen. Uh-oh. And Patrick Queen. Queen. Oh, okay. At least there's a natural reason (laughs) (laughs) for going going there. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) But all these guys are right in the mid-70s range in terms of their overall Madden ratings. So um, speed is on a little on the low side. So for McQueen is at uh, 89 with uh, a 90 acceleration. So these are... These guys can move a little bit, um, but uh, maybe giving up a little bit in the strength area. So, uh, okay, we'll have to see how the Ravens make out. And again, their line helps them out a lot, right? Yes, yes, quite a bit. Nothing like it, nothing like it. All right, who we got next? Next up, number 18, the Tennessee Titans, a team that definitely needs to improve their defense. So a number 18 ranking for them at the linebacker is not really bad. And if it improves, that'll go a long way to improving their defense. Because again, as you've heard me say millions of times, if you want to win games, you want to get to the postseason, you want to possibly be a Super Bowl contender, you have to have a decent running game and a real good defense. Or, well, no or. Yeah, that's it. So obviously the Tennessee Titans have the great run game. They have the big, solid offense. They need help on defense. Um, the guy over here, the big solid guy is Jayon Brown. He's solid pretty much in all phases of the game. He's good against the run. He's good against the pass. He can cover tight ends. He does all that. Rashawn Evans is entering his fourth year, but he has yet to meet expectations. That is not good. That is the kind of thing that you don't want to hear. Okay. So, He's got to get himself together. I remember his name being kicked around quite a bit when he was when his draft class came up and he was supposed to be a borderline stud and it has not worked out that way. But they've held on to him. They're still working with him. It's coming into his fourth year. He still has a chance to, to improve. Um, well, oh, you got to yeah. come you got to come up with somebody that's better, you know, if you're going to replace him. Um, he's the highest rank of their linebackers uh, based on his Madden rating. Jayon Brown is the fastest at 87. Um, and they're, they're, and also. Yeah, but other than awareness, those are physical attributes. Yes. The guy doesn't. You know, just physical attributes. He has to produce. If he doesn't produce, if he doesn't tackle, if he doesn't get sacks, if he gets burnt by tight ends and running backs, he's going to be ranked low. Yeah, he's going to be ranked low as far as his PFF rankings, that's for sure, because that's they right. rank your play, not just your physical attributes. Right, and I forgot that they signed away. They signed Bud Dupree away from the Steelers. So in a three, in a base 3-4, he's coming off the edge. So he, he will help them. 
All right, that sounds like a that sounds like a winner there. All right, what do we got next here? We have the Jacksonville Jaguars coming in yeah. at number seventeen. Yeah. Now, if I remember correctly, which my memory is not always the greatest, Jacksonville Jaguars defensive line was ranked in the lower end, lower than this. Like we're at number seventeen now. This is almost midway, so this is pretty high. 14 like the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, Miles Jack uh, started last season like the stud everybody expected him to be, and then he kind of slacked off as the year went on. I don't know why. Uh, I don't remember him sustaining any serious injuries last season. I know the season before that he was hurt, but last season I don't remember him being hurt. So I don't know, maybe the fact that they were losing a lot of games got to him or whatever, but he just didn't play as well as he did when he started off. And he started off, like I said, like the stud he's supposed to be. So that means he can do that again, as far as I'm concerned, because he's still a young guy. He's not an old guy. Um, Joe Schobert is a name to remember for Jacksonville. He played well uh, after coming over from the Browns, just not quite as well as they expected. But sometimes guys leave one system, come to another. It takes them a little time to get acclimated. Urban Meyer is the new head coach. He's bringing in a new, a whole completely new coaching staff. So let's see what this new coaching staff does with Miles Jack and with uh, Schobert and see if they can improve them. They, together, they can probably improve. I think pro football focus is expecting that to happen because they have them ranked at number 17. Yeah. I mean, they've got some talent, obviously, you know, and uh, Miles Jack, I'm, you know, it's funny when you say that name and you almost forget about him, you know, he yeah. was, he was news, man. You know, I, I think of him sort of like um, what's uh, what's his name for the Browns. Who's the, the DN for the Browns? Uh, 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 Garrett. Miles Garrett. Miles Garrett. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. you know, you got the two. The two. They might have come out in the same draft. For some reason, I think they came out in the same draft. Are you serious? I think so. That would be crazy. That would be crazy. And again, you mentioned um, that some of these guys are running in a three-four. So that means that we have certain linebackers, like extra linebackers. I know when I was trying to pull some of this information together. I, uh, with these uh, comparisons, they do a natural three, but for the uh, three, four, you have to remember that other guy. In this case, it was Clayfon Chason, and he's ranked 72 on Madden. Okay. Yes, and I did probably mention his name when we were going over defensive lines because he's primarily a, a pass rusher. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I remember that name. K, it's K Levine. K Levine, is that how yeah. you're saying? K Levine Chason. Kayla Von Chaser. <laughs> all right, all right. I'm gonna have to give you some credit for. Uh, <laughs> you had to work some of these out. Some tug, of my tug of there. Viola. You got me saying tug of Viola. Is that <laughs> tongue? Uh, see, though, no, you messing me up now. Tug of Viola. Yeah, right. All right. Well, before we worry about tug of Viola, let's look at number sixteen. And Ben, we're gonna finish here. Okay, that sounds good to me. That's more than actually the, the, the lower half, finishing up at 16. But I think 16 is a pretty good place because you have the Las Vegas Raiders. And whenever you name my man Nick Kwiatkowski. Kwiatkowski, very good. 
Well, remember, I was always so fond of him when he was with the Bears. Yes, yes, he was, yes. He was yes, always yes. just making plays, you, you know. And it's crazy. It says right here on Pro Football Focus, they got Corey Littleton over from the Rams. Corey Littleton was a bad boy with the Rams. So they signed him for huge money. He comes over. He doesn't have nearly as good a season as they expected and not nearly as good a season as they really needed from him. But Kwiatkowski comes over for a lot less money and actually had a better season production-wise. So now if Littleton can get himself together, guess what? They got quite a pair there. They got quite a pair there. The Raiders are going to be okay at the linebacker position. Um, now, I got a little confused. They have Jonathan Abrams listed as a linebacker. Uh, but he's a safety. He's listed as a safety on Madden. Okay, so he's listed as a safety, but he had a him in the linebacker group. No. Yeah, yeah. it's a little weird. So I think he's kind of in the mold of uh, the Julius Peppers mold. And uh, not Julius Peppers. Jabril Peppers. I'm Jabril sorry. Pepper. Okay. Sorry about that. Jabril Peppers move where he can he can kind of slide in and out from an outside linebacker or a weak side linebacker in a 4-3, which is what they run. Yes, they run a 4-3. So he'd be like a weak side linebacker slash strong safety. Uh, but his name was mentioned. Uh, but I, I would presume that they would prefer him to play safety, which means we've got some names here. Darren Lee. Nicholas Morrow. These are guys that are like second and third string on the death chart. And one of them's got to step up and take over that third linebacker spot so that he can just sit at safety. That will be a good thing for their defense. All right. That wraps up this portion of the linebacker rooms number 32 through 16. Wow. Uh, I have to think about that again because, um, you know, like I said, that, that this impacts your defense in their overall ranking. And yes. it will be interesting to see how this correlates, especially to your fantasy ratings on your defense. How, when they rank your fantasy defenses, <laughs> what would you say are some of the main factors that they're looking at? Is it just not getting scored uh, on? Or how do they rank your defenses? And fantasy. So to 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 accumulate points in fantasy with your defense, first of all, you know, offensively, you you go by single singular position players. You pick a running back. You pick two running backs. You pick three wide receivers. But when you pick a defense, you take the whole defense. So anything that that defense does, you get points for. So if they get a shutout, you get a certain number of points for that. If they give up six points or less, you get a certain amount of points for that. 12 points or less, you get a certain amount of points for that. You get points for turnovers, which is probably the biggest thing you can get. Fumble recoveries are huge. Interceptions are huge. Sacks are pretty big. Not quite as big as, as turnovers, but yes, you get points for sacks. Um, that's pretty much it. <laughs> okay. That's why they, that's why they nail special teams onto that too. So now 
if you if if you uh let me see yeah if you have the Tennessee defense and a Tennessee kick returner runs back a kick your defense gets points for that so it's defense slash special teams that's oh you get a little something from special teams oh absolutely Special teams is a little harder to come by points. You basically have to run back a kick. And, of course, you get a touchdown for it. Um, Oh, block punts, block field goals. All all those count. They all count. But they all count to the defense. They all count to the defense. You don't have a fantasy special teams group. No, it's defense slash special teams. It's all one group. Okay, okay, okay. That's good stuff. That's good stuff. What I want to do, Ben, is uh, we're going to run through a few miscellaneous topics as we close out the show. I know you have to get to, uh, what do you have, tournament practice tonight? Yeah, yeah, we got to practice. We have a tournament coming up in July, so we're going to practice. All right, not, not a problem, not a problem. Let's take a quick look at Ben and Barry on football on Facebook. That's at facebook.com slash B-N-B-O-F. First and foremost, happy Father's Day. Yeah, to everybody out there. Mine was great. (laughs) Was it? Mine was awesome. Mine was too. Um, My wife wanted to to go out to dinner and all of that. And I was like, I don't want to do that. (laughs) Number one, you had two basketball games going on that day. Exactly. You know? I found out a long time ago. The days you don't want to go out to eat is Mother's Day and Father's Day. Those are the days you want to be in the house. Number one, the restaurants are mobbed, especially on Mother's Day. And number two, fathers ain't all, oh, come on, take you out to dinner. Like you said, a couple games coming on. I'd rather fire up the grill and cook myself on Father's Day, you know what I mean, than to go out to a restaurant. But that's just me. Well, I have to give a shout out to uh, the ladies, my daughter, Tara, and, and my wife, Crystal, who fired up the grill. So I didn't oh, even have to. the grill for you? Man, look, oh, Tara. Oh, they Tara went all out, huh? Thing with some lamb chops on the grill. Okay, okay. You know, sausages, burgers, hot dogs. Okay. You know, Christopher came by with a case of Coronas. Okay. Really? What more do you want? What more could you ask for? That's right? it. That's Father's Day. You know, well, all the, my daughter Kia came by. Again, Tara was here. Um, granddaughter came by. And of course, we had the Bubba with us. You know, so it was a great day as far as I was concerned. And, and that's that's what I'm talking about, man. So I got to shout out my ladies too. My wife, Teresa. My two daughters, Tyrese and Desiree. Tyrese came over. I had the Awesomest breakfast. We start early. Big time breakfast. Chicken and waffles. Uh-oh. Awesome. Cheese eggs. Okay. You know what I'm saying? You yeah. know, it's funny. I don't eat cheese eggs. Nobody really, everybody's lactose intolerant over here. And I don't like the, the fake cheese. So we just don't get the we cheese. We don't use fake cheese. We use real cheese. <laughs> huh? We don't use fake cheese. No, Why you don't. You? you use real cheese. Oh, yeah. We can use uh, real cheese. Because and you don't want the fake cheese. I get it. intolerant. I get it. <laughs> and we had, we had, we we still we had wings left over from breakfast. 
that we ate for lunch and snack during the day. We had some shrimp and then we had surf and turf for dinner. I had steak, we had shrimp, we had crab legs, the whole nine. We watched shrimp movies. And crab legs and all of that. Yeah, oh, man. We watched movies and games came on later that night. I was in my glory, man. It was beautiful. Well, there you go, Benny. I mean, what more can you ask for? All right. We had some legal happenings. We can talk about it just a little bit. Excuse me, extends well beyond football. As Justice Kavanaugh here says, the NCAA couches this argument for not paying student athletes in innocuous labels. But the labels cannot disguise the reality the NCAA's business model would be flatly illegal in almost any other industry in America. So that opens up the door for compensation for student athletes. I know you've yeah. talked about this to some degree. It's it's it this is this is either gonna go over as is. I think they call it IDL, uh, image. Um, I know it's image, something, and likeness. Doggone, I can't think of it now. Or this could actually mushroom into players actually getting paid. Now, how they're going to figure out how to do it, I don't know. But it's kind of got the ball rolling now, and they're really making the NCAA come up with some kind of plan or, or some kind of answers um, but you cannot just use these athletes' images all willy-nilly like you were before, excuse me, um, without giving them some kind of compensation. It's just not right for all the money that they bring into these universities. And it's a massive, masses of, of massive amounts of money. This isn't like, well, you know, people come to the games and they pay. So if we come and we play and then they pay, that money goes to the university. No, we're talking about massive millions and millions of dollars. So yeah, it's got to be looked into and they finally got the ball rolling on this. So the NCAA is going to have to come up with some answers. Yeah, I think that uh, it's almost an additional or, or somewhat of a separate issue, the image and likeness versus get them getting paid for what they do you know because as i heard some of the analysts they did bring back the concept okay well you do have to calculate in the fact that for many of these kids they're getting a full scholarship and that scholarship could be worth upwards of six figures so when you look at total compensation you know you have to include that in there no doubt about it but again so many of these student athletes come in they either get partial scholarships or their scholarship doesn't include any of the, an, enough of the extra stuff that they need in terms of food and things of that nature. So they still, you know, are struggling a bit as student athletes. So this will be interesting to see how far it goes. And then once you free them up in terms of image and likeness, yeah, that's going to be interesting. You know, I see these guys are have their um, <clears throat> TikTok accounts. They're <laughs> their uh, uh, Instagram yeah, that's, accounts. That's why they had to go after the image and likeness thing first, because, you know, they always had the argument of, well, if you come to this school and play ball for us, we will pay for your education. You will get a free education. But not only are they using them to play to make money for the university. And remember, I said massive amounts of money over and above those six figure you know, 
compensation for the player for the free education, but also now if the player is really good and their name becomes big, then they're using their name and bringing even more money in to either the NCAA or the university or both. Come on now. <laughs> you well, know? One thing you know about these guys is good businessmen. They will turn a lemon into lemonade. Yeah, okay. well, it, and, and that's all good. But somewhere along the line, they got to share. Uh, that, yeah, that'll be part of the lemonade. Yeah, they'll, they'll, they'll share. They, they're going to have to. So it'll be interesting to see how, how everything gets adapted from this point on. We had a few bad news incidents and one kind of good news incident. Cardinal linebacker uh, Zaven Collins, we mentioned him. Yeah, we just talked about him. Reckless driving. Say that again. I said we just talked about him. Yep, just talked about him. So that's that. Well, it didn't, it's not going to affect his, his pro football focus rating, but it might affect his availability. So we'll see how that works. We had some good news in terms of Viking rookie uh, Twywan. This gentleman um, was shot as a sort of a bystander situation. Um, he went to visit his aunt. He went to visit his aunt and was in the wrong place at the wrong time. But from what I heard earlier today, he's supposed to completely recover and he should be fine. They're talking about him being ready to play by the beginning of the season. Yes, yes. I don't know where he got shot. I don't know what he got shot with, but they're saying that he should have a full and complete recovery. Well, part of all of these, these shooting incidents, people are carrying guns. So Frank Clark gets arrested with an Uzi in plain sight that he's claiming belonged to his bodyguard. I mean, really? <laughs> you, well, that should be hard to prove. Well, I mean, if it's true, if it's true, you know, if it's true. But again, you really, you need bodyguards with Uzis? Well, yeah, that's one question. The other question is you get in and out of your car and travel around the city with this thing in the back of your car in a bag, halfway exposed, like, have you no shame? Have you, who do you think you are? <laughs> do you not look at YouTube? Cops are stopping black men in nice cars on a whim. Especially, right? <laughs> yeah, if, if for no other reason than that, you take that joint out, put it in the garage before you pull out. At least don't have it in plain sight. Not smart. Use your head, bro. But you know, these guys are wearing very expensive jewelry now. I mean, I mean, I was watching some of the uh, basketball playoffs and and some of the you know interviews afterwards, and I mean the diamond encrusted you know numbers and all of that stuff. You know, so you are you, you know you are. You're putting yourself on as a target there, obviously, if you're wearing that stuff, you know? Oh, so, yeah, you would be. If you're walking down the street, <laughs> or you're sitting in the barbershop, or, that's why they have bodyguards. Yeah. To intercept anybody. So when, when they try their best to acclimate themselves to like normal life and maybe be in the hood or be downtown or go to a restaurant or just go get their hair cut, instead of having somebody come to their house and cut their hair, which is what I would do if I had hair and I had a contract. But, <laughs> you know what I mean? But they, they're trying to be as normal as they can be. These are young guys. They don't want to be recluses 
You know, I understand that. So you get a bodyguard. But does your bodyguard need an Uzi? Like if you're walking down the street, what do you, I don't, it's too much. It's, it's too much. It, to me, it seems too easy to figure these things out. But that's just me. I'm an older guy. Maybe I'm a little bit more wiser, a little bit more experienced than some of these young dudes. They, to, 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 to them, everything is easy. It's not easy, bro. These are trying times we're living in right now. You got to be careful. Well, you're in a league of millionaires and not everybody's acting like that. <laughs> so obviously right. you don't have to be that that's, way. That's you know? what I'm saying. Like, let, let, Let's talk about one guy who- I tell them the same thing I tell them guys on my flag football team who don't, nobody get paid for nothing. <laughs> Check your old heads, get better old heads. Well, this guy here has plenty of money. I don't see him with an Uzi at all. <laughs> he probably yeah, well, he doesn't, doesn't wear any jewelry either. He doesn't wear all that jewelry and all of that kind of stuff. And he went out and got himself a job with your Giants. What's Why going on? Why wouldn't he? <laughs> Giant for life. Giant for life, baby. That's what he said. He said that, didn't he? That's right, you guys. He's Giant for life. They gave him uh, an upper management job. Uh, and he's getting getting ready to have a ceremony to retire his jersey, and he's going to go into their ring of honor, or whatever they call it, and it's all good, man. I love Eli Manning. I love Eli Manning, and I love when I go on Facebook and I see people saying, Eli, Hall of Fame, huh? Eli, please, he's a bum. He just got lucky two times. He got lucky against the GOAT. Not one time, two times. He was MVP, head up against the GOAT. Not one time, <laughs> two times. What do y'all want? How much luck does one person get? He earned it. He earned that. Yeah, he had some great defenses. He had some great support. But guess what? <laughs> Eli Manning beat the GOAT. In the biggest game, twice. So every time you heap praise on Tom Brady, you remember Eli Manning. <laughs> you don't look your way in the two Super Bowls. No, you don't. Much more than luck going on there. Absolutely. Man. For sure. All right. What do we have up next? Let's take a quick look. All right. We're going to close the show out. The big news this year, as we have Pride Month, uh, is the coming out of uh, Oakland Raider Carl Nassib. Is that how we say his name? Nassib. Nassib. Okay. I think it's Nassib. Okay. And apparently, and he, you know, I haven't heard any blowback whatsoever. Um, I'm assuming that his team knew all along. And so that that's all worked out. So that's going to bring, you know, there, there's not many players who come out while actively playing. There are none. He's the first. So there you go. So that would make it more historic then, you know, but you got obvious coaches, you know, who are, who are gay or um, there's too many letters. And I know now they put a plus on the LGB. Oh yeah. Yeah. Plus. <laughs> I'm not even going to try that. <laughs> yeah, I know I'm messing it up, but um, for example, my Niners, you know, we've got, you know, uh, women coaches. Uh, I think they may be, you know, I don't know for sure, but, you know, 
they're definitely it's all, not speculate. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, um, but they're all very supportive, and he's getting a lot of support. And that that so that whole scenario that's going to change too, and I'm sure that's going to trickle down into college ranks, etc. I mean, to me, I could care less. It's his business. If he wants to keep it to himself, fine. If he wants to let it out, fine. It doesn't bother me in the least. Some people are a little bothered because they feel like it wasn't necessary for him to do it. But you, you, as an individual, if he felt that his life was, for lack of a better word, impaired in some kind of way because he felt like he wasn't living his truth, as they say, and he felt like he needed to, to let this out, so be it. Uh, I mean, you got to be feeling as much as it, as much as that might have been a part, I, I, I got the feeling it was as much support of the cause, again, this being Gay Pride Month, you know, and, and he came out and made a donation of $100,000 to a suicide prevention organization that served, you know, uh, that community. So, you know, at some point, you know, like, uh, like maybe Kaepernick, you know, you just step out, not for yourself, but for everybody else that you feel might be able to benefit. Yeah, and I'm I'm sure that he hopes that that will kind of uh, free up somebody to be able to do that as well. If in fact it is troubling them, if if you are fine with who you are, and you're in a workspace where there's no pressure, and there's no need to try to explain that to anybody and you never say anything or never come out as they say, great, so be it. But for those people that are out there that are feeling pressure or feel like they just gotta, they can't hold this in, like they're living two different lives and all this, that, and the other, maybe this lessens the pressure on them. If so, great. If not, it's fine. Now I'm just speaking personally. Doesn't bother me either way. I know one thing, his jersey sales went through the roof. He's oh, the yeah. number one, he's the number one selling jersey as we speak. Um quarterback for the Jacksonville Jaguars weren't, I think they were number one up to this point. He was. <laughs> Trevor Lawrence, yeah. Yeah, not Trevor Lawrence off that number one spot there. <laughs> Trevor Lawrence gonna come out tomorrow. Oh, yeah, y'all, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> Good like, like that. <laughs> I need my jersey sales back up. <laughs> yeah, my jersey. That community is supporting, man. They are supporting. All right. I know you gotta uh, go. So last yeah. word, Nickerson. Uh last word is go nose. <laughs>